0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Good Life Podcast with Mike Safosnik. Before I get to today's guest, I just want to thank everyone who listens and subscribes to my podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, Stitcher. Just search Mike Safo. Uh, the other day was Olden Polynese, 15-year veteran of the NBA. <clears throat> Yesterday was the world's most traveled man, Lee Abamante, 324 count, uh, countries and counting. Friday, Reds, uh, Reds and Mets second baseman, Doug Flynn. Monday, New York City legend, NBA veteran, Felipe Lopez. And in two weeks, Michael K. Williams, known as Chokey White, and Omar from The Wire. I met today's guest around a year or two ago. We were shopping in the same deli, and he's finally back in town. Privileged, he's, he's given me a few minutes of his time. Brooklyn-born actor, most famously known to me as deacon from the hit show, The King
1: of Queens. Now on The Affair, my man, Victor Williams. What's going on, Vic? What's up, man? How you doing? Running into you in the... Uh produce aisle at the, the local deli
0: we're b- both trying to be healthy trying to look good for summer right
1: <laughs> that's right listen I really appreciate you coming in so
0: early you came in yesterday the wrong day I wasn't even here yet <laughs> you came were so excited in, to do yeah, the interview
1: you came in the wrong day man this is is the way my life is now it's, you try to be on time you try to be you know on point, and I show up on time, and they're like, he's not here today. What are you talking about? (laughs) It's like in the wrong day.
0: Well, you're bi-coastal now. You live in L.A. and in here, right?
1: I was, but I've actually been spending a lot more time here now. And, um, you know, actually, I have a a house I've had out there since uh, in Los Angeles since 2000, and I just sold it, which is sort of my sort of last... uh, connection to LA I'll probably go back and forth every once in a while but I'm, I'm pretty much here now man
0: well so now this interview can just end because I was going to use you for that house down in California right. so now <laughs> no, so, no couch surfing out there
1: anymore i to go somewhere
0: else <laughs> I need a place to stay yeah. out there we'll go out there together now right. you're Brooklyn born boy yep. what part of Brooklyn Flatbush now we were just talking about that right before you got here mm. growing up in New York City what was your New York City haunts like I know me personally it was Chinatown I would tell my mom I'm going to go play the arcade right she gave me 10 bucks I yeah. jump on the train, I go down there, I'd end up with fireworks right uh, right, right illegal DVDs, and some yeah. Chinese stars. What was your hangout growing yeah, up?
1: I think uh, probably for me it was Coney island, and uh you know my parents were born and raised in North Carolina, so they moved here in nineteen sixty nine you know pretty much like country people grew up on a farm, and so they came up here and they were sort of you know they were overwhelmed like they they didn't understand the city at all, so they spent you know a good part of their early like, the first 10, 15 years is kind of like a little, like, not liking it, a little bit afraid, not understanding it. I had, cre- like, my, my, my curfews were ridiculous. Like, even in the summer, man, it was just, like, it was just embarrassing. Like, I'd be, you know, had to be home by 9 o'clock. Like, it was just horrible. Uh, so my thing was being able to lie to them, like, you know, figure out a way to get out and the easiest way that, 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 that the, seemed to be the safest thing to do was to get to, to Coney Island. Cause it was like, you know, it was, it was easy to sort of get back if I had to, if I got in trouble, you know, it was easy to have a good time. Like I could, I could break the curfew, but Coney Island is one of those spots where you can still, if you needed to be like, you know, the sucker who had to get home cause mommy and daddy <laughs> Like made you come home. You can still have a good time at Coney Island at you know seven o'clock, eight o'clock. You well, know, so that was my spot. And, and you're a big dude,
0: so weren't you embarrassed? Like, guys, I have to go home. Mommy and daddy. Want oh, it was you're terrible. always a big, the big, probably the it biggest ter- dude, right?
1: It was terrible, man. It was just like it was, it was. Yeah, I got, I got, I got, I got, got razzed all the time, man. It was. See, we're talking about, I'm just like, I had, I had a bad childhood, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, my mom it was. got like played all the time. Yeah.
0: My mom was super strict with me. Right. And I'm like, hey, mom, gonna go to the Yankees game. She wouldn't know. I'm like, hey, I'm just gonna go walk around the city. She's like, okay, she was cool with it. And I would come home with my school bag, and she would go right in. It's like, how did you get the fire? Card? Is there a Chinese. Star? She has right. more Chinese stars. Like, what was I gonna do with these Chinese stars? Like, really throw them? Right, right. But the best, she would give me $10 to play in the arcade. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go play Mortal Kombat, NBA Jam. And I would you know, you would see the guys on Chinatown, oh, my friend. I'm like, Oh, he remembers me, guys. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. handed my ten dollars. I don't think I've ever played an arcade in the <laughs> <laughs> Now, growing up, you're a big basketball player, weren't you?
1: Uh yeah, well yeah, I started so I went to a Catholic school called Holy Innocence in Brooklyn. That was on East Seventeenth and uh, Beverly Road. And so uh, I I started playing CYO fourth grade. Um so played CYO you know, and that was actually the first time I actually played ball at all. So fourth grade through seventh grade, played, got better, um, blew out my knee um, in, in seventh grade. So couldn't play in eighth grade, then went off to high school, Midwood High School in Brooklyn. Um, uh, didn't play my freshman year. So I basically missed two years of playing and okay. then went back on the squad in my sophomore year, blew out my knee again. <laughs> So I didn't really start playing, you know, getting any kind of playing time until, like, my junior year. But, I, you know, I had missed a lot of, like, good years of, mm-hmm. like, developing some, some game. And so next thing you know, like, I'm not, like, I'm riding the bench. It's, like, horrible. Finally got some playing time my senior year. Uh, and so that was sort of the thing for me. And so for me, we were talking about this before, it's mm-hmm. like you're a big Kentucky Wildcats fan. I, I grew up, like, so my parents grew up in North Carolina. So I was all about Tar Heels basketball. And, um, you know, that I think that was 82 with like Georgetown versus of Carolina course. and like, you know, Jordan making that little you know, yeah, Jordan Worthy. You had a- Yeah, yeah. Jordan Worthy, Sam Perkins, uh-huh. Matt Daugherty. I'm trying to think who the other starter was. Uh, hmm, I can't remember what the other, who the other starter was. But that's when was. it was fun down there. Yeah, yeah. And so, so my whole thing was, you know, even, even going to my senior year, knowing that I wasn't getting a lot of playing time. I hadn't developed my game the way it should have been. I still had dreams. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to North Carolina. I'm going I'm a walk on. <laughs> and then, so the first thing is, I didn't get into North Carolina, but I got into Binghamton, which is Division Three. And I was like, all right, you know, I'm gonna do my thing up here. There was a player up there um, named Chris Jackie. Chris okay. Jackie was like six three, had deadly, deadly jumper, jump shot. And um, yeah, all these records at the time. And I was like, I'm gonna be like Chris Jackie, not so much for the threes, but I'm you know, I'm gonna develop my game, and then like, you know, people are gonna know me, so even though it's D3, they're gonna be feeling me. And of course, like, you know, <laughs> I'm on the JV riding the bench for Division Three, and I was like, I'm gonna start acting. <laughs> like, I had to give it up, I was like, yeah. I had to go a different route, and like, I found acting. That's this this found is
0: what's it. funny, so I was in seventh grade. And Felipe Lopez, New York City legend, the yeah, cover of Spitz Illustrated. Of I'm like, Mom, I'm, I'm going to go to the NBA. Like, I have a great shot. I'm going to the league. She's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm like, hey, let's go watch this guy, Felipe Lopez. I'll never forget. He was a freshman playing – what did he play? I think it Rice or Christ the – played at Rice. 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 He played at Rice. Yeah. And he dropped like 50. My mom's like, Mike, he's two years older than you. You're never playing with him. <laughs> and, and that's how him and I got in touch. I, I told him the story, and that's he does the show all the time. So Felipe Lopez kind of killed my – I gave right, up in seventh right. grade, but – now, how did you, where did the love of acting come from, and how did you get into it? Because basketball player from Brooklyn, family yeah. in North Carolina, acting doesn't seem to be in the lineage. How no. did
1: how'd you even get into no, it? No, I mean, it was honestly stumbling into it. I, You know, I talk to a lot of, you know, young young guys now. And when I say young guys, I mean, like, young kids in school, are, you know, struggling to sort of, you know, stay on top of their grades, like, family members who are young guys and, like, staying on top of their stuff, and I... And I tell him, it's like, know, oh, you gotta, you know, I'm just like, you gotta stay, you know, you gotta, you gotta focus. And I keep it down to the, like the simplest denominator. And I tell him, it's like, for me, it's like, I was like, how did I get an acting? And it's like, I got into acting because a girl. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like, and I tell him, it's like, <clears throat> pretty much when you think about it, I don't know how it is for you, but most of my friends, like, pretty much most decisions that you make is about a girl. Every
0: decision I make.
1: Right. right. I go to the gym
0: for a girl, I go to these places, I visit countries to show pictures I'm like, hey, I was at this country exactly. for a girl. Ever-
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so even basketball was like, I, right, you know, I could get my, you know, my, my, my athletic, you know, thing happening and like, you know, meet some girls. Like that's how I started. So when it, when that fell apart and I was like, I'm terrible. Like I'm not picking up any girls on the bench, like division three, this is terrible. Um, But my senior year in high school, there was a girl named Crystal. Can not remember Crystal's last name? And she was walking down the hall senior year, and she was, like, the drama queen. She was the one who loved acting and all that stuff. And she's like, Victor, I'm taking this English class. Like, all you got to do is read plays, and then, like, we do a scene at the end of it. You should do it with me. And I was like, all right, you know. Crystal wants me to do it. I'm doing it. So, (laughs) So I took the class, and it was easy. It was like you read these plays, and at the end of the year, you do one scene from a play. And it was like, we did the scene, and so I was with her because Krista was really good. Mm-hmm. And like, the scene was good and people like clapping and like, oh, that was hot. So I was like, oh, this, you know, I, I kind of like this. So then when I went off to college and the basketball thing wasn't popping, um, I started taking some theater classes and like, I was like, Yo, I think this is working for me. And then, and then it's like then that's what happens, and it's like you're in class with like this. The one thing you can guarantee in theater classes is it's gonna be pretty girls. Of course, like, right? And I was like, I was like, I could do this. I can do this. so. That's pretty much how it started. And then, you know, but then then that combined with that, then I was like, I'm actually pretty good at it. I was like, I was like, I don't know if I'm great at it, but it's like I think I can. I might be able to. I might be able to do this. Okay. And that's honestly how it started. It wasn't some like you know, oh, I saw. You know, I have friends, um, really good actors who, like, you know, saw The Godfather. And, like, I have a, one of my best friends who's an amazing actor, um, Glenn Fleschler, um, is, like, you know, loves, like, has loved jo- uh, Al, uh, Al Pacino since he was, like, you know, nine years old. Okay. And so I have friends who have been in it like that. It was never like that for me. It was just about a girl.
0: I love the honesty. because A lot of times <laughs> I'll, I'll ask, like, different athletes, and I'm like... Why'd you go so hard at it? there's a difference between loving sports and just making it and a yeah. lot of like girls love the football I'm like, you're so it's so I true. <laughs> I I appreciate the honesty. Now, you go on your website, whatever, you were in Copland, mm. & Order, ER, a bunch of smaller, not as famous roles. Mm. How did the
1: King of Queens come about? So, you know, it's it's one of those things where you sort of I I've always been I've always been good about just sort of, you know, Stay on, you know, have a path, have a plan, and then, but be be willing to sort of, if another path opens up, be willing to take that path. Don't be so one minded. Yeah, steps, of course. Yeah, it's, you have to have a plan, but you also have to be able the ability to sort of open up and try something different. So, uh, when I started acting, uh, I I started, you know, I had I had this idea that I was going to do a lot of theater work, in, and I wanted to stay in the city. I wanted to do plays. And I felt like you know, as I got older, like people would recognize me and respect my work, and then like all of a sudden I'd be doing films, and so I want to do I wanted to do plays, and I wanted to do movies, and um, Bobby Cannavale is sort of the same way. Like he's like he's a theater, he's a theater rat. Like he loves theater, and he's like, and then he was like, fuck you know, TV. I want to do movies, mm-hmm. and. um and so that was the plan, but then, like, the theater thing wasn't happening, and the movie thing wasn't happening. What was happening, though, was commercials. Okay. I was like, all right. Well, I'm, I'm like, create, like, dude, like, downy commercials. <laughs> Freaking uh, lean cuisine. <laughs> Cheerios, Wheaties, you know. I was like, all right, this isn't really what I was planning, but, you know, it's paying the bills. Yeah. So now I was like, all right, well, this is, you know, this is what's, it's like, it's it's not what I expected, but it's paying the bills. Where can I do more tea, more commercials? I'll follow that path. And it was like, well, a lot more commercials in L.A. So I was like, all right, I went out to L.A. Wow, okay. There's some more commercials. Um, but I was still, like, trying to get other stuff. And then all of a sudden, um, the opportunity came up. The year before. Um, I got well. I, I won't say it's not. It, I, I I wound up on a TV show the year before, which wound up not going anywhere. Okay. But the casting director from that was then doing the King of Queens, so she brought me in for the King of Queens, and um, and so it was basically it was basically that connection with the project I'd done the year before. So at the time the King of Queens it was starting, I was talking to someone about this recently. People don't you know remember the beginning of it, but it was like it was the the first episodes were like. uh Carrie, the character Leah Remini mm-hmm. had a sister, on the show. Okay, and and Kevin James, um, uh, Doug had a a, a a best friend named uh, Richie Ayanucci, who was played by this guy named Larry Mano. Okay, and so like they were sort of getting their shine on, and there wasn't sort of any expectation that'd be a series regular. And there was like, oh, he's, gonna, he's just another friend at work. And then you know you start with a new show, you start seeing certain things work and certain things don't, and so. Um, the sister, uh they were just like, you know, we don't think that Carrie has a sister. So like so she they sort of phased her out. Okay. Which then it was like almost like with like, you know, sports where like, you are starting five and then like someone gets sort of phased out, <laughs> so you sort of you bump up a little bit further on the sixth man uh, on the uh, bench, play. eighth man yeah, 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 so I was like probably the eighth man and I was like sort of bumped up to like <laughs> six and then and then Larry Romano um who played Richie Ayanucci. Had some other interest, creative interest, and, and so he had another opportunity that presented itself. So he went and took that, and all of a sudden, like I'm in the starting five. And Someone got like, hurt; you jumped right in there. Yeah, and I was <laughs> like, "Oh shit!" All right, so this is, and that's pretty much, you know, how it happened. And so, you know, it's wasn't the most exciting story I just told, but it's like that thing of like you just sort of you have a plan. If I stuck with my plan and be like, oh, "I'm gonna make it doing this," I would have stayed in New York. I wouldn't have gone out to LA. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had that opportunity. Um, they didn't offer me a lot at first on the King and Queens, but I was like, I, I was like, I'm gonna stick this out. And then like over time, you can watch if you watch them from the beginning to the end, it's like you'll see. It's like I didn't do a lot in the beginning. Your character started developing yeah. later on as you went, yeah. of course. So you know, I sort eventually sort of made my way into the star. When
0: was there a moment or a significant time when you like, oh shit, we have a hit show here? Was what was the moment you're like? I know we're we're, we're big now.
1: They're not not honestly not until like season four and that far along. For two reasons, one, I always tend to sort of look at the worst case scenario. Okay. I'm a worst scenario, case scenario kind of guy, so that's the first thing. Okay. I I I actually went to a, a Mets game recently with Michael Whitehorn is a guy who uh, co-created the the King of Queens. Okay. And um, and we actually went to see uh the Mets last week. I think they played uh. I can't remember who they played, but Matt Harvey was on the mound and he he sucked. Yeah, he, he didn't. He's struggling well. this year. Um, it's getting better though, uh, and he'll be back. Yeah. Um, but uh, but you know, I told him I was like, man, I got I got I got to tell you, man, this is like, I, you know, we did the first episode and then people asked me how it was. I was like, it's cool, like, but you know, we'll we'll be off the air in like halfway through season one. It's like, you know, it's just like, it's it's I, right, but you know, ain't all that, you know. <laughs> And then it got picked up again. I was like, "Ah, right, you know, cool, whatever." And it wasn't—it wasn't really until season four that I was like, "Oh shit! Like we're like we're still here. We got something going yeah. on here." But I gotta admit, I'm bad at that. Like, I, I this many times when I'm—I've looked at scripts and been like, "This is terrible," and then it goes <laughs> off to be a hit. And then others have been like, "Yo, you gotta go see this movie, man. This is hot." And people are like that one was terrible. It was awful. What are you talking about? So, I you. It's If I say something that's, like, not all that, it's actually a good thing. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go against that. Right? Exactly.
0: You're, you're on The Affair now, yeah. which is a more serious role. Was it difficult for you to transition? And my other, I guess it's a part two question. You were on The King of Queens with Pat Oswalt, mm-hmm. Jerry Stiller, Kevin James, known comedians, hilarious. Yeah. You, you, not that you're not funny, but you're not a comedian. Was it hard to, was it intimidating being around those guys or not really? And how fun was that? Right. filming of and that. sorry right, man, I'm not that funny. Yeah, you're, you're, not. You're, I guess you're
1: adequate. No. Yeah, I'm <laughs> adequate. I'm so so. I'm middle of the road. Um you know it's it's funny though because you know my friends like uh, my actor friends who knew me they're like how the hell did Victor wind up on a freaking sitcom? Like he's like they were just like I'm not that guy. They thought I'd be going more the dramatic route. And um and uh and I I don't know except you know they what i do know later is michael whitehorn again the co-creator of king Queens queens like we wanted someone who was in that part to be like kind of real like funny but like just real just like real so um so that's part of the reason why i worked and but even with those guys even as funny as kevin is Kevin's sort of like funny but in a real way like mm-hmm. he doesn't like he doesn't like to do a lot of like
0: like slapstick sh- comedy yeah, no, no there's no
1: stick to him really no not really although he's definitely one of the most, I I think people don't talk about how he's, he's one of the best physical comedy guys that I've ever seen. And it's because he's, he's athletic. Like Mm -hmm. he's, you know, people look at his size, dude is like athletic. Like, it's not an, it's like, it's not, it's not like, um, some sort of random. Re- like, there's no random reason why he's into like mix, mixed martial arts, mm-hmm. and like he played like I think he was a running back in college. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so like he's an, he's an athlete, and so like the things that he does with his body that's like it's unbelievable. His like physical comedy is crazy, but, um, so I think the the tone of what they wanted for the show is how I wound up in that. Uh, And I think what was sort of daunting was being around those comedic actors, being around Jerry Stiller, being around Patton Oswalt, being around Kevin James, and um, knowing that I couldn't do that. Like, I I go to stand-up to this day, and I'm like, there's no freaking way I could do that. I think stand-up was much harder than... Yeah, it's intimidating. The, yeah, it really is. You don't yeah. know if you have a
0: good crowd, if they're going to have oh, the, yeah. the drunk asshole. I don't. Yeah, yeah the, the, when I go see stand up, it fascinates me watching them up there and how they can control a room.
1: It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And um and so I learned a lot from them. But that said, um you know, going back to the affair it was like this is the, the dramatic stuff is the stuff that I always thought I would do. Mm-hmm. Um so I I'm happy to be back on the show. What's interesting though with having been on the King and Queens for nine years. Um, I understand comedy now a lot more than I understand dramatic stuff. I remember, I just watched, um, I hadn't seen The the Revenant when it was out. Okay. So I finally caught up and I saw it last week and I was just like, yeah, now I can't, I don't know if I can do that. Like, I don't know if I can do that. I was like, Man, yeah, just throw me in a sitcom, I'm good. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I, I always love hearing stories about
0: roles that certain people passed up. Yeah. Was there a role that you passed up that became big or also was there a role that you wanted so bad that you thought you were going to have that you never had?
1: No, not really. There, there there's been there's definitely been roles in the world of theater, but like I'm, you know, I'm not even going to bore you with that cuz it's like it's not like plays that people really really know. There's been a couple of plays for sure that I really wanted a particular part uh and didn't get. In terms of television and film, uh just being real, yes, there's there's been a couple of parts <laughs> that I've wanted. And uh I you know, there there's never been I tell people all the time, it's like it's very rare, as as screwed up as this business is, more often than not, they get it right. They get the right person. Mm-hmm. So like there's been a couple of plays where it's like, nah, that should have been me and I really feel that way. But in terms of T V and film there are parts that I wanted, and then I go see it. I'm like, let me see this motherfucker. And see what he did. And I'm like, oh, he did a really good job. Like it's like I can have done that. And so, uh, like one of the first things I auditioned for when I first started acting was uh, I forget the character's name, but in uh, Jerry Maguire, uh, Cuba Gooding's okay, okay. part, and I was just the wide like, receiver. Yeah, and I was like, I could do that. And it's like, i big. I could play that part. And and then. And I didn't, it wasn't even close. Like, I went in for the audition. I thought I killed it and, like, never, didn't even get a back. <laughs> and so, of course, I walked in the movie. I'm going to see this, like, see what Cuba Gooding's doing this bullshit. And that song, I was like, all right, well, I, I, I couldn't have done that. He, he crushed it. Yeah, He's yeah, yeah. like, there's nothing, there's nothing for me to say. You know what it like, <laughs> So it's more so that. It's like, I think I'm the one. And then you see the one. It's like, I get why he's the I one. I think I'm those not, pros not know one. what they're doing. Exactly. Uh, about Broadway,
0: do you still do any Broadway acting? And is I, it a different kind of high? Like obviously you're doing the sitcom, you go home, you watch it by yourself. Mm-hmm. Or you, Is it a different high doing Broadway and seeing the reaction? Does that give you like a high or a...
1: Right. Well, I haven't done Broadway. I've done most of the stuff has been off-Broadway stuff. Um, but at some really good theaters like Lincoln Center, um, Playwrights Horizons. And I do, yes, I do. the answer is that I get a crazy high off of doing live theater, which is why I love it. Which is also the reason why I loved working in the King of Queens, because King of Queens was the, as close as you can get to live theater, because you have a live mm-hmm. studio audience. Um, so, like you, you really do feed off of that energy. So I'm always it's the th- it's the main reason why I always want to go back to theater uh, to get that to get that feeling. I actually was working on a film last week up in Nyack, and as it, it's like the beauty of movies is like when you see the final product, it's an awesome feeling. But when you're up there and like it's 2 o'clock in the morning and it's cold and like it ain't fine you've like, been doing it the 10 hours yeah, just, yeah it's just sort of like it's it's like you're doing the work but it's sort of like that instant sort of gratification is just not there um, so I'm always gonna love that um, uh, and it's something I'm always gonna strive to do and my ultimate goal is to be on Broadway the problem with Broadway for me is like most of the good shows are you know musicals so mm-hmm. singing dancing and you know and acting but it's like you know I I'm not a sing dance kind of dude <laughs> I've tried I've walked into musical theater auditions And like embarrassed myself Just like I'm, I want to be on Broadway So I'm going to do this And it's been terrible
0: I'm going to say We had you. I read 25 minutes I'll give you another A few more minutes yeah. Um In LA mm-hmm. I think LA's more Actor based mm-hmm. You go out there to get the would you always see those scenes portrayed in sitcoms, and movies. Anyone ever come up to you, give you a script, to go, hey, I have the best idea. Did you get, like, oh, yeah. all, all the time? All the time. It <laughs> no, no, no. all happens, like, no.
1: at, you know, yeah, restaurants. Um, I'm trying to think what the craziest place, the, probably the craziest place was, um, it had happened in a movie, and I remember laughing. That's ridiculous. And then, like, it ha- I can't remember what movie it was, but then it happened to me. I was like, oh, shit, this really happened. Yeah. Like, being in a bathroom stall, taking a dump, and someone yeah. slides the script under the kitchen it, thing. Last
0: night, I'm, a, I'm the biggest Seinfeld fan. Last night, I'm watching Seinfeld. It's when Kramer went to L. A. and he sees Kevin Arnold, uh, yeah, Fred yeah, Savage, yeah. and he yeah. he knocks over stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, I gotta ask Vic when I see him tomorrow if that's
1: how because you hear things like, "Oh, I have the greatest part." I, yeah, it, that's funny. It they to- would it. <laughs> to- totally happens, man. It doesn't happen in New York. Yeah, no, I wouldn't think so. Uh, but it <laughs> happens, man. It happens.
0: Okay, a couple more things. You're an NBA guy. You've been watching the playoffs? Yes. What do you think so far? The Spurs losing last night which was yeah. shocking to me. What do you think about Steph Curry? What do you think this year about the playoffs?
1: Well, I think this, the playoffs are great and I, and I what what I laugh at is after after what Steph did two nights ago, seventeen points in overtime. Yeah, ridiculous. And I, was, I was like, okay, so now we can stop all this talk of like, oh, like the the Golden State Warriors are okay without Steph. Maybe he's not really like the yeah, MVP. I, I was like, please, because had please those
0: stop. two games where Clay
1: Top he's Steph, he's the MVP. Come yeah, on. I was like, it's ridiculous. Like you, they're not winning a championship without no. Um You know, I I've been thinking about Steph a lot recently, and this sort of like. All I know is if he can do this, I don't even really think he has to do it for a long period of time. If he can, if he can stay at this level of play for like two more years, mm-hmm. just two more years, and if they can win in, in between this season and two more seasons, like two more championships, which I think is possible. Without doubt. I think he automatically jumps into like top five of all time. He, I don't think he's there yet. I think he has to do it, a couple, but I but the thing is I think he can do it. I think he can play at this level for at least two more years. Get one more MVP out of this. There's no way you can't put him in the top you, five. The, the level he's playing at now is something I've never
0: seen before with the shooting. You know what? I people are like, "Oh, he shoots so much." If you watch the games, he's always giving the extra pass. Yeah. He does everything and it's it's fascinating when you watch him. He's much must-watch basketball. Yeah. He really is cuz he'll pull up from half court. Yeah. And he's not chucking, he's not gunning. He's one of the, I hate to say, because it it, like you said, it's only been doing a couple of years. He's one of the best players I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. He really is. Yeah. And now let me, actually, my, this is my opinion. I can, I can be so off. They win. They break the Bulls' record this year. Everyone's okay. It's going to be the Spurs or the Warriors. Right now, it might be the Thunder, Thunder versus right. the Warriors. LeBron and the Cavs, for the first time in his career, he's skating under the radar. Right. It's not LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. They're, they're 8 No, They haven't lost yet. Right. Now they're rested. They go into the NBA Finals. We know that. Right. Is this the year that Cleveland gets a title just because LeBron – there's not all the pressure on LeBron. He's really a secondary story now. Right. And he slides – now they're going to be well-rested. Right. Because, you know, listen, the Warriors are going to win. Whoever comes out of that war between the Spurs and the Thunder, they're going to be in the NBA Finals tied. And LeBron's going to be sitting up there. Is this the year LeBron can get a title you think it's made for the
1: Warriors? I I say – I don't have an answer because I'm I'm having a hard time predicting it. I'll say that um, – you know, it's the Golden State Warriors roster is is far superior to the Caval- Cavaliers by a roster. lot, right? The bench so, and everything. Yeah. So my whole thing is like, even if it's likely that LeBron will play just as well, or play just like play to to Steph's Curry. he can even play beyond Steph's mm-hmm. carry, uh, like level. That supporting squad team that he has, I don't know. I, I'm just not convinced that K Love and Irving, Irving are going to... And Della he, he I'm is just such not f- convinced. And that's yeah. the fall off. You got Steph,
0: Clay Thompson, Green. Yeah. And then you still have love, And then after you have Love, Irving, James, the fall off is J.R. Smith, who's beyond right. nuts. Right.
1: It, it's too much of a fall like off. Harrison so. Barnes. Yeah. <laughs> is Livingston like going to be... Yeah.
0: And, and Harrison Barnes is gr- North Carolina guy. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> that's all you had to throw him I in know. there. That's right. Okay. Two more things. Yeah. Election year, you a political guy do not want to say a political thing. Who are you voting for and why? Are you,
1: um, I'm a feel the burn guy, okay, okay, which is to say that, um, uh, he want, I, I'm a, also a realist, he's not gonna, you know, no, he's no, not he's- gonna get right, so yeah, it's, it's easy to pick a guy, hey, this guy's awesome, yeah, yeah, you I'm know, feel the burn guy. <laughs> um, uh, listen, I'm all about, you know, going against, like, I like someone who comes in and shakes things up, mm-hmm. and so that's why I'm down with. Like Bernie Sanders, I'm not a Trump guy. Mm -hmm. I'm not a Trump guy because he's this offensive. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like it's it's when it comes to sort of. I understand. I actually understand why people are down with Trump. I'm just saying that, like, as much as I hate politics, when the time comes, like, are you going to be able to 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 make deals? Are you? And forget about Congress. I'm like, are you going to be able to make deals with other countries? Mm -hmm. Like. Being that offensive, so that's that's my issue with Trump.
0: Because of my real job, I mm. just do this for fun. I'm not allowed to give any political, mm. like I guess my opinion on See, it. That sucks, man. I gave you mine. Thinking <laughs> that you would give I'm, me yours, I'm all. not allowed. But I'll tell that. you the one thing you mentioned that was good. <laughs> one, you pick someone that's not going to be in the right. thing, so you, that was good. But you know what? I like the fact you said they mix it up. I think personally, if Trump would have came in there, mixed it up, mm. you got people who never once, I know p- friends, some family who never once even talked about a political thing. Wouldn't miss one of his debates. Right. And, like, I love him because he says he's not robotic, but it's like he might have went a little too far. Right. Like, hey, you know what? He comes up there making faces, telling the guy. I remember he's like, hey, listen, you got 1%. Get off the stage. Like, you want to see that. And you're like, okay. And then the things he says are offensive. Right. It, he, he combines cultures and races that just right. takes them all. Yeah. Okay. Now, I always ask every person on my show this question. You and I are out. We're in the city. Mm. We're in Brooklyn now. I live in Manhattan. You and I hanging out one night. Mm. We're at a bar, at a restaurant. You want to – forget about who you are. You want to impress somebody mm. who's the coolest person in your phone that you can take out your phone, throw a text, and they'll text back. Because I got people on my phone that I text that they don't know. I had Scott Boris's phone number. Right. I, I got it from like a friend of a friend. I stole his number. You're gonna be really disappointed. Oh, don't don't give me a bad answer. I'm gonna give you a bad answer. What's the bad answer? It's like unless you're a jazz guy, like. This oh. is a, yeah. like who is? Who is? <laughs> I get like, so excited sometimes. Like, wah, wah. <laughs> 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 Wait, before you give the answer, I gotta tell you. Sometimes I'll have some athletes on. Um, like your best, Kenny Anderson. Mm. He comes on all the time. And the first time on, we're, we're having the best time about uh, his time in New, in New Jersey, Georgia Tech. We're kicking it. I'm like Kenny. Coolest person. He's like, Oh, definitely my kids. I'm like, No, no, no. <laughs> oh, they're the coolest. I'm like, just give me a name. Okay. You mean in my phone. Right I, someone right now that you and I are out, you can throw a text to, and they're gonna text back. So I'm disappointed, I, man. I, I am gonna be disappointed. Yeah. A jazz uh, who is it? I'm thinking a jazz guy, Carl Malone, <laughs> I John love St- it. A good... I love it, I love
1: it. <laughs> See if you ask me like people I know who love me but like love me but not don't love me enough to give me their like contact yeah. information, that's I got fun. I got tons of that's those. really funny. That's but, funny uh I, don't even wanna, I'm, I feel bad now robert glasper man i don't even know who that is <laughs> come on but I, I got i gotta tell you somebody <laughs> Hold on. we've been
0: there just 31 minutes i'm gonna get you out of here i know you have stuff to do today but here's what oh <laughs> so many times i've had someone i'm like hey who's the coolest person and they're like oh they'll name another player like uh oh this guy this act i'm like okay you know we had a good show hope you had fun throw them an email and get them on my show because right. then, like that's how i make my I don't even want that guy. I don't even know don't who know. he is. No. no, no. I <laughs> right, how about someone that, because I don't think that's going to impress many that's people here in New York. Me. I'm sorry. Do you man. have anyone on your sorry. phone that can impress somebody at a bar in New York? Anyone on my phone Like that can right impress. now, like you and I at a bar. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, do you know anyone famous? Do you know anyone famous? I'm like, oh, I do. Yeah.
1: So-and-so. Yeah. Nobody? I, I'm going to give you a list, and you're going you're to- I'll select who I think is cool. Like, oh. stop me when you're okay, like, okay, okay I can't. Don't name the jazz guy. I don't know. David Costable. Oh, God. Glenn Fletcher. Patton Oswald. Oh, oh no, Patton was a great one. Yes, yeah, Patton Oswald. Okay. Um that's about it. Well, right, we'll stop the Patton Oswald. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Listen, Victor Williams <laughs> A regular guy, man. I'm a regular guy. That's so great. No friends. No no (laughs) friends. That's why I'm at where I'm at in my career. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you sold the house in L.A. to come back. Exactly. You you promote anything or give anything or no? I'm actually, uh, you know, I just I'm just wrapped up on this film called Trouble, which was which which was great, and I'll be interested to see how it goes because it's sort of it's with uh, with folks that like I don't even know if you were born, man, when they were. Stars, Bill Pullman, and like Angelica Houston. No,
0: no, no. You don't know those people. No, I. You know what's funny? Wow. You, I know you have to go. I don't watch TV really. Okay. I don't watch. All I watch is documentaries right. and sports. Right. So. Like um, real quick, Omar from the Wire, Michael. Mm, Kidd. I think he actually knows. Him, he yeah, actually yeah, knows yeah, you. Yeah. 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 yeah when when uh, we were talking about who I was coming on with, I mentioned right. you. was like, oh, I know him. Yeah. You guys both grew up in Brooklyn together. I have his number though. No, I do. That's what I was saying. Look at be, you. Be, you know what the funny thing is? I didn't know who he was when I met him. Right. I didn't know. Everyone's like, oh, that's Omar. I'm like, I don't know who. I'm, oh, that's right. Chalky White. I had no idea who he was. Wow. Yeah. So, and that's why I think he thought, "I'm like, dude, I know who you are." Yeah. He's like, seriously? I'm like, yeah, but if I Google you and you're somebody, you want to come on my show? He's like, right. yeah. So that's why it was – because I had no right. idea who he was. Right.
1: So. He's a good dude, man. He's a good dude. So. All right.
0: I'm uh, a, first but one, yeah, you, Trouble. There's a yes. film
1: called Trouble that I think is going to be good. It will probably come out like the end of the year. Okay.
0: So, well, no, you said number. it's good. You said in the beginning. If you say something – not all oh, right. It you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> don't see Trouble. <laughs> no, it's eh, You know, Trouble is not that good. <laughs> Victor Williams, bro, I really appreciate it. We've tried to do this for two years. and you know yeah. it's funny uh, – not that I didn't have anything to talk to you about, but I'm like, you know what? I can't, usually I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to talk to you about game four or all these – because I usually do all sports. Yeah, yeah. So you transition – We talk much th- sports
1: this time. So no. Maybe we'll talk some more sports next time. I appreciate
0: you coming on, my man. Thank you so much. Right,
1: Take care.